Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by lead pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's message. talk to you for a little while out of the subject of pouring it out. Everybody got up this morning. I woke up this morning to the sound of my metal roof at my house of raindrops. You know, we, we should be pretty familiar with that for this winter and this spring has been really wet for us. But today I want to talk to you about pouring it out. The subject out of Luke, we're going to be talking out of Luke chapter 7 verses 37 through 50. And I'm going to try to give you something of eternal significance without holding you for an eternity today. How about that? So Luke chapter 7, if you'll stand with us one more time for the preaching, for the reading of the word, and then we'll let you sit for an hour and a half while I preach. I don't judge you. Uh, some of y'all get that in a minute. So Luke chapter 7, starting with verse 37. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she had stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When Jesus, excuse me, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of a woman she is, that, he, that she is indeed a sinner. Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, he said, teacher. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he counseled the debts of them both. Now, which one of them loved him more? Will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. When then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came to her, I came into your house, and you not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time she has entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not pull oil on my head. But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, "Your sins or for are forgiven." The other guests began to say among themselves, "Who is this who even forgives sins?" Jesus said to the woman, "Your faith has saved you." Go in peace. You can be seated if you would like this morning. Amen. Amen. I want to start and talk about this story this morning. This story has several moving parts. When you read the story in Luke chapter 7 about the woman that lived in sin, there are several moving parts. We see that we have a woman that lived a sinful life. And it doesn't say directly, but she was a prostitute. That was the kind of life that she was living. But it doesn't say distinctly in this text, but that was what was going on in her life. So she was bound in prostitution and living a life of sin. 
she isn't welcome at a Pharisee's house. The Pharisees in those times, for you that don't know, were religious teachers of the time. They knew the law. They tried to do their best to follow it to the letter. They knew the law. They knew about the law of the Lord, and they tried to live by it. Yet they were some of the most judgmental people that you could ever be around. They were arrogant. They were puffed up. And they thought of themselves more highly than they should. Does that sound familiar? How many of us know that religion, there is a difference between religion and relationships? There is a huge difference between religion and relationships. And today I want to talk to us about that. The Pharisees are in there. They're having a meal. And Jesus has came to Simon's house to have this meal and to find something wrong with Jesus. They didn't call Jesus to their, invite Jesus to their house to get to know more about Jesus. They called Jesus to their house to find something wrong with Jesus. Because in those days, the law was the law. And you went by the law. And here this Jesus is, is teaching something that they don't altogether believe. They're experts in religion. And they were about to learn a lesson about relationships. When he when she, when when she find when she enters the house, she sees that Jesus is sitting at the table, and the word tells us she enters the house. She is visibly brokenhearted. Now, if you're crying enough that your tears literally wet somebody's feet that you're standing behind, you are profusely crying. Amen. You are so severely upset about the situation in your life. Something has you upset. So this woman enters the house and she is profusely crying and wetting Jesus' feet with her, with her tears. She isn't trying to find something wrong with Jesus like the Pharisees are. She's trying to find some help from Jesus. And y'all going to help me today. It's real quiet. So I need some people that's going to say amen today. Amen? Amen. 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 So a lot of times when we approach God, and it's okay if I just share my heart here for this morning. A lot of times when we approach God, we approach God a, a lot of times with the vision or the mindset of what God has done for us in the past. Amen? When a lot of times we need to approach our God by what his word says he will do. Because his word trumps situations because his word is true. And we know when we align ourselves with the word of God that we have all the riches of heaven, amen? amen. At our, at our uh, demand. So a lot of times we think of people and we think with religious acts and we don't even realize we do. Yeah. How many has ever looked at somebody that was broken, maybe somebody that was strung out, maybe somebody's life that don't have what you have, and maybe they're bound in some kind of addiction and you look down on them? Anybody ever done that? You may not distinctly think lesser of them, but you think, man, I wonder why they're in this situation. Yeah. I wonder what kind of mistakes they made to get themselves. Come on. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's okay for the church to be honest. Amen? Right. We look at people a lot of times and we think, you know, I don't know what they did. And in those days, they believed that if somebody had some type of sickness and somebody had some type of addiction or infirmity that their ancestors had seen. Amen? Yeah. That's what they believed. It was called religion. Yeah. That Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to complete the law with grace. How many are thankful for the grace of God? Yeah. 
I'm thankful for the grace of God today because I didn't have to get up this week at Brother Keith and go out and kill a goat or find the dove or the perfect sacrifice. All I had to do was say Jesus. All I had to do was say the name of Jesus and all of heaven is at my disposal. Because of what Jesus did. Right. So let's think about this one's moment. This woman walks into this room. She's uninvited. How many ever invited you some, yourself to somewhere? Come on. You know, Brian and Regina cook a lot. I invite myself if they don't invite me. Amen. You know, you know, food is kind of the universal language. Anybody ever invited yourself to something? Kids are great about that. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you know, a kid, something fun's going on. That kid's going to be around. Watch these little ones. You know, they won't, you know, they might not have got invited to the birthday party, but they're going to go to the birthday party because that's where all the fun and the games and the pinatas and all the stuff and the cake and the ice cream and all the slides and the jumpy houses and things. We get excited about things, but this woman came into a house uninvited looking for something beyond religion. Yeah. See, religion had her where she was at. Right. Religion could not help her. The Pharisees didn't even care about her. Matter of fact, they when, when she began to wet Jesus' feet with her tears and wipe his feet with her hair, they said if they knew if this was a prophet, if he knew who was touching him, he wouldn't even allow. See, that's religion. A lot of times we as the church, we uh, approach God religiously. Amen? Yeah. We approach God with the thought in mind that God's not going to hear my prayer today because I've messed up a lot this week. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I might as well not even ask God for this again because I may have asked him for it for a year, but he hasn't answered me yet. Come on. Yeah. I may not even, I might not even, even need to approach God again today because I haven't been a really good person this week <laughs> and God's not going to hear me. Yeah. You know what I understood Friday? When I saw the first little picture of Sadie Greer, what a grandparent feels like. Yeah. And I told Boyd on the phone the other day, uh, FaceTiming us, I said, Boyd, now you know how Jennifer and I have felt for Jordan and Colin over these years. Yeah. Now you understand what we feel. And he says, I've never felt a feeling in my life than when I see those little eyes looking at me. Yeah. It's a responsibility and a blessing all at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. Parents and grandparents. Yeah. Now I understand the way Brian and Regina look at their grandkids. Yeah. And they love them. They look at these two little girls and this little boy and they love them. Now I look at, think of the way that Cindy and Stanley look at their grandkids and all of the people that have grandkids in here. I understand that. And it is different. And all my brothers and sisters that have grandkids, now you understand, Rex. They were texting me. Now you understand why we feel what we do. Why you, now you understand now our, why our grandkids can rob a bank and it's okay. <laughs> or they can burn the house down, we'll build another one. Come on. Yeah. Or they're painting or writing with markers all over the wall. We'll just get some more paint. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> or they're keying the car with a toy or something and scratching the car. Oh, it's okay. We can bust that out real easy. Right. But what if? We start taking the concept of the way God feels for us to our prayer closet. Yeah. What if we start taking that grandma and grandpa love and realize that that love that I have for my little granddaughter that I haven't even got to kiss on and love yet. I tell boy yesterday, you got to back it off a little bit. I want to get to see her on Monday and Tuesday so you can't be getting all the sugar. <laughs> I'm just being real with that. But the thing about it is, we love our families and we love our children and we love our grandchildren. But it is a, not a drop 
in the bucket to the way Jesus Christ loves us. Yeah. And now how the Father loves us and how he challenges us. Even Brother Keith longs for us, as Hebrews said, to come boldly to the throne of grace. He longs for us to bring our petitions to him in prayer. Yeah. He longs to hear him. The Bible says he is at the right hand of the Father ever making intercession for you and me. Right. Because he feels what we feel. See, she's in the room. She's standing behind Jesus. She's wetting his, her, his feet with her tears. And she's pouring something on her on his on his feet. That's of great value. You see, a lot of times what we do is we gauge our ability to approach Jesus by what he's done in our life. We forget about all those landmark moments. We can forget about all the times when I didn't deserve the grace of God and I didn't deserve his restoration and I didn't deserve his healing, yet he gave it anyway. Yeah. We forget about the sovereignty of God, who he is. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what does this have to do with this woman? She wasn't there looking for another list of rules and laws to check the box. The Pharisees got up every morning, John, checking another box. Yeah. How many get up every day? You got a list. You got things to do. You're moving and shaking. You got a list. You have an idea of what you're going to do. Your job, you have to do things. You check the box. I have a list on my desk, Juliet, at work. I check the box every day. But how many of us know a lot of times we miss God checking a box? Yeah. We miss the, the, the blessings of God checking another box. Mm. But she wasn't there to check another proverbial box of what Jesus was like. She was there. She was tired of religion. Religion had her bound. Yeah. She was there to have a relationship with Jesus. Right. She had came into that room that day to join up with Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus. She was there to be changed. She was broken. She had frustrations. She had addictions, she had problems, yet she had the king. The king was in the room. And the funny thing about it to me, how many know that if you read the Gospels, y'all going to enjoy this summer because I'm going to preach out the Gospels a lot this summer. So we're going to preach a lot on the red letters this summer. But how many know that Jesus was not about religion and that's the reason he was hated? Yeah. Everything Jesus did was anti religion. Right. You had to do a certain thing and go a certain way and if you don't go by the law of Moses, you're you're an outcast. If you don't preach this, you're a heretic. Right. And so, I don't know so much about that. Read on in, in Luke chapter 7. It says, who is this that can forgive sin? Yeah. When he tells her your sins are forgiven you, they say, who is this that can forgive sin? Does he think he's God? Anybody remember the story of Pilate? When Pilate asked him, do you say that you're a God? Did you say that you're a king? Is that what you say? And Jesus said, you said it. You said it. Did Jesus look like a king standing before Pilate? No, he had spit. His beard had been ripped from his face. He had spit still hanging in his beard. He didn't look like a king, but he was about to change eternity for those behind him. Come on. Right. That were coming after him. See, listen today, church. What we think a lot of times is God is not God. And I'm going to touch this for a moment. There are people in that room. There's Pharisees. There's his, Jesus' disciples there. 
who are walking with him, living with him, eating with him, sleeping in the same room with him every day, doing ministry with him every day. And then there's the Pharisees, the religious, and then there's a broken prostitute in the room. And I'm telling you today, if we understand what she saw, the reason she went into a Pharisee's house that could have had her thrown in jail, right? Yeah. They could have made it. If they had had cell phones, they could have FaceTimed somebody. Come on, I'm being real. Come get this nut out of my house. Right. Get this trash out of my house. If he knew what kind of a woman she was, he wouldn't allow her to touch him. Right. See, a lot of times we associate people with situations. What if God saw us in the brokenness of our sin and he settled for that? What if God still saw Rex lost and undone without him and he let me stay there? Wow. He wouldn't be God. Mm. The whole message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I know this is elementary to a lot of us, is that God loved us so much that whosoever will accept him and follow him has been brought into the kingdom of God. Right. It's being transformed, as the Bible says, David, from death to life. And I'm going somewhere with this. There's three different groups of people. There's the disciples, there's Jesus and the Pharisees, and then there's four. And then there's this broken woman. And all of them are looking at it from a different perspective. And there's so much hate there and resentment, Brother Keith, that Jesus tells them a story. Okay, there's this man that owed a guy 50 to them. And then there's this guy that owed him a little bit. Now, which one would it justify? They couldn't pay it back. It didn't matter if it was 5000 or fifty, right? They couldn't pay it back. So they forgive him. And, and Jesus says, well, now which one goes away justified? He said, I guess the one that I owe the most. Right. And Jesus says, those that are forgiven little, forgive little. Yeah. Wow. So what happens in the church and what happens to us as people is we judge other people mm-hmm. by where they're at. Yeah. You ever work around somebody? Mm. You deal with people and you judge them by where they're at? Right. You might not be ugly to them or be rude to them or be some kind of way to them, but we judge them by where they're at. When the whole message of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ is simply, Brother Keith, reconciliation. Right. It's a broken and lost mankind that Jesus put his life gave his life for so we can reconcile. Paul said it like this. We are married to the ministry of reconciliation. Right. So every day of my life, somebody, help me today, church, somebody is watching me and looking to see Jesus in me. Right. Right. And a lot of times, it's not so much, 90% of the time, it's not so much of what we say, but it's how we live. It's how we treat people. Right. Don't tell people you love Jesus and you treat them like they're low lives. Right. Right. As my mom says, that bucket's got a hole in it. It won't hold water. I know that's country. Right. It's like trying to catch water in a sifter. Any of y'all ladies that cook have a sifter? Yeah. My mom used to take the flour, Gina, and it had lumps in it. She had this little sifter, a little aluminum can, and it had a little thing that turned, and it had a screen in the bottom. Yeah. And she would sift the flour. She'd get the chunks out of it. And she made those biscuits. Man, you like those chunk-free biscuits. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all can catch that. Man, nobody likes biscuits with chunks in it. Right. That's kind of gross. I'm helping y'all. Y'all know I'm always going to refer to food. Right. right. 
But that flower had to be pure. It had to be clean, Jason. Yeah. Because a lot of times it would catch the, the, the bad stuff that maybe some corn or whatever is in there. It would catch that where it's been ground. Because mm. that flower is ground from corn, right? Or right. Is it corn? Am I right, Brother Keith? Wheat. Wheat, thank you. Yeah. Cornmeal is ground from corn. I've been around here. Yeah. There you go. I knew it was one of those plants. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Bread and biscuits good anyway, so yeah. I'm going to get the right one. Cornmeal makes <laughs> flour makes biscuits. Amen. The church said amen. Okay, I'm through chasing my rabbit. But Jesus was doing something in a room, sitting at a table after a meal. The Bible says he's reclining, so he's laying back. And Brother Keith, there, the Pharisees are licking their chops, wanting to grill them. Yeah. And then this woman comes in and sets Jesus up. They're waiting. What's he going to do? Look at this filthy, low life of a woman coming in our house. We're going to wait and see what Jesus said. Yeah. And you know what Jesus said? Your sins are forgiven. Yeah. yeah. Then Jesus goes as far as to insult them. Mm. Does he not? Yeah. He says, you're judging this woman. And the man didn't audibly say, if this man was a prophet, he wouldn't allow her to touch him. Jesus' spirit heard what this man was thinking. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. Jesus could feel in his spirit and be able to decipher or to discern what people were thinking. Isn't yeah. that right? right? Remember the woman at the well when he told her about everything that's ever gone on in life? Yeah. Remember the legion of demons when he just wouldn't allow them to talk to him and told them to shut up? Yeah. A lot of times we, we don't think that God can hear where we're at. And I don't know about you today, but I've been in some situations, especially this week, where I have battled some things in my mind. I'm going, I'm being real today. Well, I battle some things in my mind, and I doubt myself worth. But every time I go to the feet of Jesus and I pour out my love on Him, and maybe my tears and my prayers, He in no wise cast me out. He's always there to help me and to restore me and to strengthen me. Yeah. You know why? Because he's all about love for us. Right. Right. He's all about that. So Jesus is sitting there and he can read their thoughts and discern the Pharisees' thoughts and he's saying, you know what? She's done. In their culture, John, if you came to their house, they gave you a, bed, a basin of water and a, and a tub of water to wash your feet. They greeted each other with a kiss on the cheek. Did they not, Brother Keith? That was culture. That was honoring the person that was coming into your house. What if the church greeted each other with love instead of judgment? Yeah. Yeah. What if we started loving each other through it? What if we started quitting being so judgmental of each other and watched our words and how we talk to one another? Listen, when I'm talking to somebody and I'm disrespecting somebody in the body of faith, I am disrespecting the spirit of God that lives in them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where that's got to be the Holy Spirit because that ain't in the notes. We need to learn how to talk to, to people. Yeah. The Bible says we bear with one another. Yeah. Right. You know, we, we, I'm not going to do everything you like. Get over it. Yeah. You don't do everything I like. I've learned to get over it. Yeah. It'd be a boring church if everybody did everything I told them to do. Now, I would like it. Yeah. <laughs> But it would be bored. That's the reason the Bible says we sharpen each other like steel on steel. So Jesus is taking them somewhere and he says, I tell you what, 
Since I've come in the house, she has not stopped kissing my feet and washing my feet with her tears and drying it from the air, and now she's poured oil on my feet. You have not done any of this. So Jesus is basically saying, who's going to leave justified? And the Pharisees are thinking, and Jesus had a reason for that little story about the guys that owned the guy's money, right? Yeah. He was setting them up, right? He was saying, okay, I'm going to tell you a story. And people love stories. How I many like a good story? Yeah. You know, ladies like stories. The reason you watch Hallmark. Come on. Yeah. Get some freedom up in here today. Yeah. You like stories. You know the same story, man. It's going to be used 22 different movies, but you're going to still watch them. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's not here today. She's probably watching Facebook Live. Baby, I love Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to do. I mean, I love Hallmark, but I love Jennifer. Yeah. You see where I'm going? She don't like Fishing Channel. Right? She's watching. She's learning how to fish. She just says, sometime, at some point in time, when we go fishing, why don't you use some of it so we can wow. get some fish? <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I made a couple of them <laughs> So Jesus is telling the story. Mm. How many of us know when Jesus wanted to make a point or to touch somebody's heart, he told a story? Yeah. He tells them the story. He says, look, custom says you're supposed to wash my feet. Give me a, greet me with a holy kiss because you choose. And then you're supposed to anoint my head with oil. You know what they did? Mm. Supposed to put some perfume on. Yeah. You hadn't done any of it. But since I walked in this house, since she came in this house, she has not stopped all of the three. Now let's talk about that about a bastard box a minute that had her perfume. In that culture, when a woman was ready to be married, her family had oil or ointment in a box that could be worth up to a year's salary or more. It was worth something. And when she found the man that she was in love with and going to marry, how many of you know a lot of times they were betrothed to marry certain people, right? Mm -hmm. They would break, how many women would like to marry who your mom and dad say? <laughs> Maybe George listened to this today. Yeah. Boy, you okay? He's watching. But the bottom line is, they would break that alabaster box at his feet and pour it. That woman would pour it on her husband's to be eat as sowing their submission to them and their dedication. So this woman is breaking an alabaster marble. It was made out, go do the research, it was made out of Brother Keith Marble, which is pretty hard to break in. So she's breaking the box and she's pouring out thousands or hundreds, I don't know what they made a year, but hundreds of dollars or dinero, whatever their currency was at that time, and she's pouring that out on feet, and they're like, and, and his disciples, let's look at his disciples for a minute. His disciples are saying, Why in the world is this woman pouring out? If this expensive ointment that can be sold and hundreds of people be fed from it. They didn't care about hundreds of people being fed. They cared that a woman that was low life was in their presence pouring out feet of perfume on Jesus. Yeah. Jesus fixed that a little later on, didn't he? 
or what she was doing is what had been prophesied in the Old Testament that she would anoint him for his burial. And in that alabaster box was myrrh, which is what was anointing people that were crucified were anointed with myrrh if they were going to face the death of a crucifixion. Right. What she was doing in her sin, come on, somebody hear me today. We thank people that are, are new Christians don't hear from God. But what she was hearing was the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to her to bless and anoint the king yeah. for his burial. Yeah. And a lot of times, I'm talking to somebody today. I might as well just preach myself happy today. A lot of times, John, we miss the blessing. Giving God what we got because we think it's not good enough. But when we're giving it for the king, glory to God, it's all that matters. Hallelujah. <laughs> Right. And she is anointing the king with the best that she has. Yeah. And she's broke the box and she's pouring it out of him. Yeah. Then she finds this thing called salvation. Mm. She finds this thing pressed and called freedom. Mm. She finds a yoke and stronghold destroyer. Mm. Love and grace that she could not find in any other band of any other ungodly adulterous relationship. Yeah. She could not find it there. And she wasn't even there infatuated trying to have a relationship with Jesus. She was there recognizing who he was. Yeah. And it says that Jesus says, Daughter, <laughs> Daughter, your sins are forgiven. Wow. He don't address her as woman. Wow. He addresses her as Daughter. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can do a lot to me. You can say a lot to me, and I'm pretty much going to get a pretty even kill guy. My family will tell you that. Mm -hmm. When you say something about my girl, Zuck, now, yeah. my girls, you're going to start me up. Yeah. Now, hear me when I say this. We need to be careful about what we say about other people. <laughs> so that mean? We need to be careful about what we say to other people. We need to gauge and filter our words through the presence and the help of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We have gauged too long the Holy Spirit and the power, Brother Keith, of the Holy Spirit which is the tongues, which is the interpretation, which is the diverse gifts of tongues, which is the prophecy, which is the discernment, which is all the gifts. Come on, healing. Yeah. But we, a lot of times, minimize the Holy Spirit to that instead of the fruit. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the Holy Spirit will shut your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Don't come tell me what kind of ministry you got if I don't see no fruit. Right. I'm not going to take no shade from somebody that don't have no spiritual fruit. Right. Now hear what I'm saying today. Jesus knew they knew the word. Yeah. Because they were quick to quote the word. Right. They could quote it, Brother Brian, from letter to letter. They could tell him what the word said. The word says that she shouldn't even be in our presence. The word says that she should be stoned to death. Couldn't they say that? Yeah. The law of Moses said this. But Jesus said, Your sins are forgiven you. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Let's go back to the woman in the well. Totally different story. Totally different time. What did Jesus tell the woman at the well when he got through reading her mail? 
she accepted him and found him and realized who he was, he said, go and sin no more. Uh, yeah. A lot of times this gets misinterpreted. If this, if you go back and study the context, Jesus wasn't telling her, don't go back and live in sin again. Jesus was telling her, my power has destroyed the power of this sin over your life. Yeah. So you're going to leave here today not sinning anymore because of a spiritual change that's happened in your life. So Jesus was telling this woman. Everybody knows the story. She followed Jesus. Y'all remember the story of this woman named Mary Magdalene? Y'all remember this? She followed Jesus. She was there at the foot of his cross when he was being crucified. How? This is powerful. I get excited every time I think about this. When Jesus rose from the dead, who was the first one to see him alive? Yeah. Yeah. This woman that's at the feet of Jesus. Oh, This woman that's at the feet of Jesus is the one who gets to see him risen from the dead because she poured out everything she had on him. And you say, Pastor Ben, what did you say? I'm telling us. We, as the Church of the Living God, not an organization, I'm proud of our organization, but we, as the Church of God, live under our privilege because we will not pour out everything on the King. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm tired of living under my privilege when my sand runs out and God is finished with me, Julie. He's going to have everything I've ever had poured out on Him. Yeah. And you say, well, Pastor Riggs, you don't have to get so excited about this thing. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. If you'd have known me before I met him, if you'd have known how bound and how depressed and how messed up and how doomed for hell I was, you would know that I get so excited about the name of Jesus. So he said in here, Brother Keith, slapping religion in the face of town. I'm going to help some of y'all. Anybody pulled up on YouTube? These guys in Europe, the best thing and they slap each other. You ever seen that? Come on, Cody, you ever watched that? I seen it on Facebook one day. I never even thought about it. These dudes are literally standing there. This guy's about 350. Big old muscular guy tattoos. I mean, he looks the part. He looks like he could break it in half with a couple fingers. And he is sitting there, and it's this little guy about column size. Not the column, the little guy. He's a little guy. Upside this other guy. And they're taking turns slapping each other. I'm not talking about standing over there slapping guys like your body slaps you. Come on. But I'm talking about full arm, roundhouse, Mike Tyson, palm to the cheek, spit coming out of the mouth, slapping. What in the name of sanity is that? But you know what Jesus went through on the cross? Face, they pulled his beard out, beard out. They spit on him. (laughs) They didn't take it easy on him, David, when they were driving those nails in his feet and hands. They were ridiculing him. So you could have moments, and I can have moments like this woman had to pour it out on him. Amen. The Bible says when he gave up the ghost, the veil of the temple was rent. No more would 
that we sacrifice us. But the Bible said in Hebrews that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Therewith we find help. Hope, help me, church, and healing in our our need. Not when God chooses to do so, but even on our own of need. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's not God's. Uh, <coughs> he don't speculate or associate with how good we are by what He does for us. And I know it goes against the grain for a lot of people because I was raised. I'm just like the speaker said. Ryan Bristow said the other night at camp meeting, I don't know about y'all, but I got to say, every camp meeting, every, every youth camp, every night at youth camp, I got saved every night. If I didn't know I was saved, boy, I was praying that prayer again. You know why? Because we scared people into it. Yeah. Yeah. If people found Jesus, that's a good thing. Right. But listen, living for Jesus and walking in the freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit is not a list of rules. Right. Mm. The Bible tells me that it is a peace in Philippians and Colossians. It is a peace that passes all understanding. Right. That we're made to set together in heavenly places, Brother Keith, in Christ Jesus. <laughs> that I can call on him morning, noon, or night. He invites me boldly to come to the throne room of grace where I find him open here yeah. in my hour of need. Right. Okay, it's Tuesday, Lord, and I'm not going to make it to Friday without your help. That's your hour of need. Your God is listening. Come on. Right. Right. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting today. Right. Oh. So when I get to Wednesday, it is hump day, and I got more hump than I got money. Come on. Anybody ever been there? Right. Right. When I'm struggling, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Right. Shall supply. So don't tell me he's not a God of more than enough. Right. Don't tell me that he's not a God of miracles. Mm. Don't tell me that he's not going to pour out his spirit on us all flesh in the last days. Don't tell me that those gifts stopped in the old in the New Testament time. Right. Yeah. Don't tell me that. Rejoice with me that he's still looking for people like this woman at a table who's broken. This woman that nobody cares anything about. Brother Keith, that religion says she's not good enough. Yeah. But a relationship set and reclined at a table says she's good enough. Yeah. So my family and I have been watching this series that I encourage you to watch called The Chosen. It's awesome. Every one that Jesus called to be his disciple was a Loser. Come on, by the world standards. Yeah. Really not? Yeah. There were only two educated yeah. of his disciples. Somebody help me. Luke and who? Paul was educated, but Paul came later on. Matthew yeah. was educated. And Luke. Mm -hmm. Remember, Matthew was a tax collector. Everybody hates the IRS. Did I just say that? Yeah, yeah I don't like them. That's what you have to pay. I pay them just about every year. Yeah. I don't hate them, but I don't like sending them the money. Amen. I love to keep that money. Everybody say amen. Help me out But they didn't like tax collectors were considered the scum of the earth. That matter of fact, they called them the dog poop on the bottom of their shoe. That's what they called them. Yeah. But Matthew was the one that showed grace to me. Yeah. And one of the strongest, if not, to me, 
one of the most fun to read is the book of Matthew. Because that's Matthew's excerpt of what Jesus is like. And then you had this guy named Luke, who was a doctor. No, they had to be a doctor in a bunch, right? The rest of the guys, how about these guys named the Sons of Thunder? That were notorious thumpers. Yeah. They shut the clubs down at night. They were two turned every night. Yeah. That's what they did. But they laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Wow. They cast out demons and they flee. And we said, well, Pastor Rex, is God still doing these things? Yeah, I watched some videos this week. There's this lady going around. Holy Spirit field that was bound in drugs. Out in California of all places. Having revival services in the park. People being filled with the spirit and demons cast out from a drug addict. <laughs> a recovered drug addict, God's using by nobody. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Revival's taking place, but we're not seeing it because we gotta forget about religion yeah. and start having some relationships. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You say, well, Pastor Rex, we have church when we come together. But it's time for the church to leave the building. That's right. Amen. Amen. And you say, well, what does that mean? On my job, sitting by a campfire, in my fishing boat. Come on, where am I at? Yeah. I am part of the church. Yeah. I'm supposed to be Jesus to whoever I'm around. Yeah. You are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right. You don't have to get, I'm closing with this, you don't have to get good enough to be that. All you got to do is know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people about the Lord before. Right. And a lot of times people tell me, Brady, I'll say this. When I get good enough, yeah. I'm going to start a little church. Yeah. Why do they think that? Mm. Number one, the enemy has lied to them. Yeah. And tells them that everybody in those churches <coughs> look down their nose at them and join just them. You know what I love about this church? I have numerous, numerous people over the years that said, Pastor X, when I come to your church, I don't feel judged. Mm. Know why you're not going to feel judged? Number one, we don't welcome that. Yeah. We don't welcome that judgmental spirit. But number two, all of us are on a journey. Yeah. And none of us have arrived yet. Yeah. And when we think we're better than somebody else, that is that is arrogance, that is pride. And the Bible says that is of the spirit of the Antichrist. Yeah. So we don't allow that. You want to get me turned up quicker than anything? You start judging somebody else. Mm -hmm. I'll show you quick where we all got issues. Mm -hmm. We all got problems. You know? This hierarchy of you got to be this and you got to be that to do something for God. No, the Bible calls us to be instant and season and out, to know the word of God, to be able to correct, reprove, and direct, and give instruction and correction. But he don't give us the authority to step on somebody at the benefit of Jesus. Yeah. Our religion. Right. You know, a lot of times we need to let the, the leadership of the church do the correcting. Right. Bring it to the leadership's, well, if there's a problem, bring it to the leadership's place and we'll take care of it. Yeah. Amen. And what the word says. 
not always easy. Now, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I'm just telling you. A lot of times, we are so judgmental of people. Yeah. Well, the car wouldn't be down broke down on the side of the road. They had chosen to live that lifestyle. What if you were there? Yeah. What would you think if that was your child? Yeah. What do we do? We look at her. We look at him like Jesus looked at him. Mm. How did he do it? So how did he finish this conversation? Forgiving her sin? Releasing her from the lifestyle? Now she was at the first one to see him resurrected. Remember that? I see people living alone today. Jesus is risen. Remember the angel speaking? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for that? So Jesus is telling us, I walked in this room. I walked in your house. You didn't give me a kiss. You didn't wet wash my feet. You didn't anoint my head with a perfume, but she has not stopped doing this since she got here. So does my worship mean something? Look, I'm going to help some folks out. You're not going to pray like a preacher prays. God wants you to pray like you pray. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect you to pray. You know, some of the most beautiful prayers, Regina, I've ever heard is little kids praying. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the most powerful prayers I've ever heard is the simplicity of a child's mind. But then Jesus said, unless you come to me like a child, <laughs> I'm not going to see you. You don't believe it? The kids believe Tell a kid you're going to take them somewhere this afternoon and see if they don't wear you out until you do it. <laughs> so why was Jesus using that illustration? Because he wants us to be like a child. He wants us to let our nays be nays and our yeas be yeas. He wants us to be people, David, of integrity and of our word. Yeah. And when I do that, God will bless me. So I said all that to say this. If you're in need today, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in need today, of God, that you need to give something to God. If you're needing to give something to God today, I wouldn't carry you out of this room with you. I wouldn't carry you outside this sanctuary again. If you're battling something in your mind, the healer is in the house. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, I remember the days when the Holy Spirit used to fall in the church. The Holy Spirit is even here right now. The power of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords is in this room. The healing virtue of the power of God is in this room through the power of his Holy Spirit. I wouldn't care. You're going through a battle in your mind. You're going through a battle in your relationships and your homes and your lives. I would pour it out in his feet today. That woman came in a Pharisee's house where she was so unwelcome. She was being judged for every step she took. Can you imagine every step she took to get closer to Jesus? She was waiting on somebody to say something. Yet she poured out everything she had. And notice the first thing she poured out was her emotions. We are emotional people. God made us to be emotional people. So when we pour out our heart to the Lord, that's what he wants to hear. That's 
what he wants to hear. So right now, Jesus, I stand here today and I give you my everything. Lord, I can't tell my church to do it, our church to do it. I lay it all at your feet. I lay every bit of anxiety, every bit of fear, every struggle, every stronghold, everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ, we give it to you today. We cast it down in Jesus' name. It must relinquish itself to the power of the blood of Jesus Christ here today. We ask you to touch, we ask you to deliver, we ask you to heal, set free. Thank you for tuning into this morning's message. If you were encouraged by this message and want to stay connected with the Restoration fam, check us out at restorationmacala.com. For more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and Facebook.